G'day, this is Scott. And this is Marty. Welcome to this episode of Church Unchained. Christmas is coming and we're about to spend a whole lot of money on presents for people we love. So today we chat with the Reverend John Martin, retired United Church Minister and volunteer with the Fair Trade Association of Australia, about what it means to shop ethically. Thanks for coming in today, John, and talking to Scott and I about fair trade things. Um, Can you give us a little bit of background about who you are and, and why you are passionate about fair trade? Well, I suppose I've been passionate about fair trade for nearly 40 years. Uh, way back in the 1970s, the World Development Tea Cooperative produced what they called broken orange pico and sold it in big ba- uh, batches. And uh, a lot of people uh, bought that. But then we went overseas uh, to England and my wife became a tradecraft rep in England and uh, we were impressed with the range of products they had. And the very concept that, that here were people getting a fair wage for the work that they did, being treated in fair conditions for the work that they produced, and also in an environmentally sustainable way. And we came back to Australia and found there was little in the way of fair trade initially, <laughs> but over the recent years, there's been a gradual increase of fair trade products and fair traders who are people that market the crafts and other other objects uh, that the people can purchase, especially around Christmas time. We are still a little bit behind, say, England, though, aren't we, in terms of um, the access to so many different fair trade brands. Yes, you can get more products in England. And an organisation like Tradecraft, which is a Christian organisation, works through local churches in a very effective way, marketing fair trade products directly into congregations and into the members of the churches. But you can go to supermarkets and and get a good range of products on the shelves. I must say there's an increasing range of fair trade products, tea, coffee, chocolate, particularly on supermarket shelves here in Australia, which is good to see. I don't drink tea or coffee, but I do eat a lot of chocolate, so I'm down with that. (laughs) Um, But but how widely does the fair trade movement kind of go in terms of products and what sorts of things should we be looking at? Well, there are a lot of a lot of things that, that are available. For example, Oxfam, and you can look at Oxfam online. They, in their catalogue, have a lot of food items, as well as tea and coffee. They also have things like chutneys and jams and other other products. But the, I must admit that the, the range is limited. You can get fair trade rice in some supermarkets, but uh, it's hard to find products like that on the shelves. So what is fair trade? Well, fair trade is a system of operating where a product, not a, not a company, but a product, uh, meets certain ethical standards. Basically, the producers, the people that did the work producing the goods, received a fair wage for the work that they did. They worked under fair conditions in you know environmentally sustainable way. So the, you may recall a few years ago there was a building in Bangladesh collapsed and a thousand workers were killed, and they were producing garments for countries like Australia. And that woke people up, I think, to the fact that there's a, an unethical uh, dimension to our, our trading system. And the fair trade mark, which is the, the green and blue and black mark that appears on products, is a way of, of people being able to look at the product and see that it was produced in such a way that the producers got a fair wage and the, um, they also received a, a premium 
uh, to help with their community as well. One of the things I guess I've, which I'm, I'm kind of maybe at risk of changing the topic here, but, you know, over my lifetime, the cost to go to the local department store and buy a T-shirt has actually decreased. You know, 20 years ago, I would have been going and paying $20 for a T-shirt quite happily. Uh, but now I can walk into my department store and buy a new T-shirt for $5 or $7. And I can't, I, I don't quite understand how that's happened. And, you know, is that is the implication there that by, by living in that economy, I'm contributing to people not being paid fair wages for their work in producing those kinds of really cheap products? Well, it's highly likely that a cheap product has been produced from cotton, for example, it's been grown on a large estate in a country like Uzbekistan, where the government actually promotes low price and keeps people impoverished, uh, whereas the, the Fair Trade Organisation is looking at alternative ways of producing cotton, for example. There's a, a school in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, a primary school at Hazelbrook, where they've just converted all their school uniforms to Fair Trade polo shirts. Okay. And uh, as far as I know, I don't know what the cost is, but they'd be paying a fair wage for the yeah, people yeah. Uh, producing them, the people who would be getting a fair wage. And um, it, it seems to me that that's a growing trend. I noticed that in Canberra, Canberra, the ACT has produced a, a list of um, minimum requirements or suggested requirements uh, for their schools. And included amongst that about uniforms is that they are ethically sourced. And so cheap T-shirts generally mean slave labour. That's okay. the general equation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think uh, such people at the fair trade markets who might be marketing things and the, the Baptist World Aid uh, Ethical Fashion Guide, for example, uh, lists the products and rates the uh, suppliers on the degree to which uh, they're fairly produced or okay. not. So we can chop around a bit. You yeah. have to pay a bit more, after yeah. all. If um, if people are going to get a fair wage, you do have to pay a bit more for that sort of product. And I mean, as you say, you're actually spending a lot less on clothing now than you were yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. So how can I convince, say, my 15-year-old niece that rather than shopping at Supre, where let me just look at the um, ethical fashion guide here, okay, they get a B plus. So, which isn't too bad. Which isn't too bad. It's mm. better than I expected. Yes, yeah. Okay, let's find a different one. Rather than shopping at Seed Heritage, uh, which gets an F, how can we convince people to change their shopping habits? Well, telling people and convincing people are two different yeah. things, aren't they? I mean, yeah. you can tell, especially young people or anybody, you can tell them that uh, that by buying this product, they're actually making a difference to the life of somebody and releasing somebody from slavery. And also with regard to some of the products, um, some women who have been released from trafficking are producing fair trade products as well. So that they could well be in the supply line somewhere. But it's also the same thing with tea and coffee, for example, in local churches. I mean, you can go along and you can say, this is the label, this is the mark on the, the product we ought to be looking for. And uh, this is the reason why we ought to be doing it. Fair wages, good conditions, environmentally sustainable and all those sorts of things. And yet people will still say, oh, yes, but I prefer the brand that I've always used. I mean, that's not just teenagers. That's no. older people as well. So it's really a dimension of the, of the gospel because it's a, a justice issue. I mean, Jesus talked about caring for the, the, the poor and the outcast. And we, we always hear the widows and the orphans being talked about in the Bible about justice for people 
And it's interesting that um, in the Bible, I mean, Paul a couple of times talks about a person being expected to get a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. And even in the parable of the of the um, the workers in the vineyard, the ones that go out well, that's a at different one, times of the day. But see, underlying that is the principle of a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. That was the principle that underlined it. That's why the people that started early in the morning got upset because they were guaranteed a fair day's pay. But uh, when the others got it, you know, worked one hour and got a full day's pay, it's not about economics, of course, but it's, it's about the gospel. But underlying that parable in that society is the general principle of a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. And we expect it in our own culture and here in Australia. And surely we should expect it in people that provide products that are brought in from overseas. I think we've got to develop a culture of fair trade. You know, we talk about a, a wine culture and a cafe culture and a, this yeah. sort of culture and another sort of culture. I think we've got to develop a fair trade culture in our churches where it just becomes part of our DNA, if you like, part of the way we operate day by day, week by week in local congregations, that we go the default position for buying products for churches particularly and for us as individuals is to look for the fair trade mark and it's not it's not necessarily more expensive uh, when you look at the products that are available very comparable in price and i think that um, it's something we're doing already because i mean a lot of people come around and say oh i want you to donate to this and give to this and buy these christmas cards and support this charity and sponsor this child and all these things what all the fair trade movement is saying, look, all we want you to do is just do something that you're already doing in a slightly different way. Yeah. The way you're buying your products, tea, coffee, chocolate, for example, uh, you just buy it in a slightly different way and it doesn't impact you a great deal, but it makes a big difference to the people in countries far off that produce these products. Do you have a sense, John, that, there's any, that, that there is a generational shift? I mean, are, are young people more... Crass question, isn't it? But are young people more open to purchasing ethically? I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. I think young people are attracted to coffee shops. And where, where I live on the Gold Coast, we're struggling, the Oxfam Group and myself, and I'm part of the Oxfam Group, we're struggling to find coffee shops that intentionally use fair trade products. Okay. And we're close to northern New South Wales where there's a lot of coffee produced. Still, it's, it seems a battle to find one or two coffee shops out of all the hundreds that must be around that exclusively use fair trade coffee. So does, does fair trade apply to products that are made in Australia? So does that, should that New South Wales grown coffee be certified as fair trade? Or is that, are we only talking about products that are coming? We're only talking oh, sure. about products that come from overseas okay. because we work on a general assumption in Australia that if yeah. a person's working producing anything in this country, they come under pretty strict labour laws and we see, well, there was a service station chain and there's uh, other people exploiting maybe young people, uh, people whose first language is not English, yeah. people that come from overseas as backpackers being exploited. And we get upset about that in this yeah. country and rightly so. Yeah. And there's laws and ways of addressing that, whereas in other countries it doesn't seem to be... Uh, any regulation. There's a bit of a love your neighbour thing here, isn't there? Really? It is. It's very much a love your neighbour because, after all, uh, Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan and Martin Luther King has an interesting interpretation of that because he says that the two that passed by, the, the, the fellow that was beaten up and left by the roadside, the Pharisee and the 
the priest and the Levite, uh, they asked the question, if I touch that man, what will happen to me? That was the question they asked because they were going off to the temple and they had to keep themselves pure and clear and the, and the robbers might still have been around. So they said, if I touch that man, what will happen to me? Whereas the Samaritan man came along and he asked a different question. He said, if I don't touch that man, what will happen to him? Yeah. And of course, Jesus said, who was the, the person who was neighbour to the person that fell among thieves? And the obvious answer, of course, is the, the good Samaritan. And, and I think that's the same thing. It's, it's our neighbour. If we don't make these purchases using a fair trade process, uh, what's going to happen to those people? My question might be um, about taste. You know, my priority when I go buying two priorities, taste and price. Well, we can add a third priority, taste, price and the producer. How much did the producer get for that product? Not ignoring taste and price. I mean, we don't want to drink rubbish. <laughs> We're chatting with the Reverend John Martin, talking fair trade purchasing for us as individuals, but also as communities. I'm aware of the fact that a number of Australian companies use outworkers, particularly clothing companies where they send products to, say, someone working out of their garage and they sew the garment together and send it back to the company and it's all done in Australia so it can get the Made in Australia stamp. But there was a legal case a couple of years ago because the outworkers weren't covered by Fair Work Australia. Mm, so okay. it was interesting that there were all these, you know, while we assume if we see made in Australia, we assume that people have paid a fair price, but it doesn't actually mean it's guaranteed. Not guaranteed, no. What would you say to people who, when I challenge them about, say, child labour being used to make products... Um, what would you say to people who then say, well, at least they have a job? Well, perhaps they shouldn't have a job at all. They should be in school for a start. And by playing their parents and the other workers in the community a fair price for a fair wage for the work they do, producing cocoa, perhaps for, for chocolate, uh, the children can then be released to go to school. And the, the fair trade mark, the fair trade premium would enable... Uh, the development of education and schools and health and all those sorts of things in communities. That's that's not a cop-out, I'm afraid. We can't we can't say that at least they've got a job. They, I mean, you don't expect 10-year-olds in this country to have jobs. You expect Absolutely them to be not. in school. So why shouldn't we expect that in other places as well? And the shop ethical people have um, a book and an app and a website okay. where you can where you can find a great range of products. And not just, I mean, the, the Baptists also have a an electronic shopping guide as well. It's, it's, so it's not just the product of the fair trade market. It's a great... Well, it's everything that we buy, basically. We can question everything we buy, can't we? we I, can. I had a great experience just the other day. I was out um, at one of the outdoor stores in Brisbane to buy a new raincoat for uh, bushwalking. And, um, and I was looking at these two models, which to my eye were fairly similar and similarly priced. And um, the young lady who was helping me said, look, I don't know if this is going to make a difference to you, but I can tell you about the ethics of the companies that produce these two raincoats. And one of them invests a lot of money in sustainability and environment and, you know, where the product comes from, and the other one is okay, but not quite as good. So, you know, if you don't have a preference for product, there's a, there's a brand choice you can make. Um, so I was able to go, okay, well, I'm going to spend my money in this way. I still get the product I'm after, um, but I was actually able to make that choice based on, you know, her being informed and sharing that kind of information with me. 
Well, that retailer deserves a star because yeah. um, usually it's the other way around. Yeah. People can go in and say, well, what about the ethics of how this is produced? And people will say, well, I don't know. Yeah, in yeah. The, the retailer or certainly the, the employee in the shop will have no idea of no, how a, the product. It was a fantastic conversation. But that, really. I think yeah, that's yeah. Ma- magnificent. Yeah. Yes. My mum asks all the time because she knows that I try to only buy fair trade products. So when she's trying to buy me something... Um, at, say, a major retail store like Meyer or David Jones, um, she always asks them and they never know. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it's more than a certain price, mm. they usually my mum and the shop assistant, they just assume that it would be because yeah, yeah. It's, of, it's of a certain price. Yeah. But that's not the case. Not necessarily the case. No, no, not necessarily. Well, the markup might be 98%, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so speaking about buying things for people, yeah. it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. We're about to all go on our big kind of, you know, buying festival. That is the <laughs> spiritual reality of Christmas. Yes. Um, you know, how, how do we think fair trade when we're, you know, I'm going I'm going shopping with my nine-year-old Mackenzie and we're, where do we go? How do we look at fair trade purchasing at Christmas time? Well, you can go to the specific fair trade shops. For example, um, here in Brisbane, there's the Trading Circle at Paddington. There's okay. Oxfam shops. There's yep. two of them, one at Mount Gravatt and one in the city itself. And, I mean, if you did a Google search, you'd find fair trade outlets all over the place. And they all come together, or a lot of them come together, at some big Christmas markets. There's one at Nathan, at, um, at, I think it's a sports centre. And then there's one which is being sponsored by a Uniting Church congregation at Southport. And that's on the 19th of this month, November. And the other one's the weekend after at Nathan. So... And, and these people have some magnificent products. I mean, the Oxfam shop, for example, they produce a catalogue and they have some wonderfully, wonderful items. And every every item tells a story. You know, there's a, there's a story behind them all. For example, I've got a, um, a, a nativity that's made of three pieces of metal that sits up on the table and it's triptych, it's beautiful. And actually made from oil drums in Haiti. Now, we know how grim things are in Haiti uh, with, you know, an earthquake a number of years ago killing thousands yeah. of people and then more recently hurricane, yeah. cyclone, whatever they call them, this year. And uh, the people of Haiti, they, they get old oil drums, they cut out the ends, they stuff them with straw, they fire them to burn off all the oil inside, they cut them and make them flat and then they cut them into shapes and do artwork upon them to produce beautiful items that can hang on your wall or like this triptych that I've got as a, as a nativity. And there's some beautiful creative crafts, yeah, different yeah. sorts of things than you'll find in the run-of-the-mill shops as well. And they're at these markets, yeah, these yeah. sorts of people. Sounds like a trip to Southport, uh, day at the beach. And <laughs> well, it's a nice place to visit, Southport, yeah. yes. <laughs> Um, it's not quite as fun, but I find online is really great for finding fair trade products. Yeah. Yes, most of the most of the fair traders, as well as having, if they do have a retail outlet, they they, op, they operate online. Some of them yeah. only operate online. Mm. From your experience, what's involved in a church or or any organisation deciding as an organisation we're going to go fair trade to the best of our ability? We're going to kind of source ethically. Um, we're going to use fair trade products where they're available. Uh, is it a hard thing to do? No, it's not hard at all. The Fair Trade Association has a faith groups program and they encourage churches to sign up as a faith group and become accredited as a faith group and receive a certificate that they can put on a wall in their church foyer or whatever to say we are a fair trade church. And in order to do that, they need to use at least two products uh, regularly 
for so food. chocolate plus any one other uh, well, <laughs> milk chocolate no. and dark chocolate yeah, there we go. beautiful <laughs> I mean. but say if it, if you're uh, serving tea and coffee after church on a Sunday morning yeah. tea and coffee fair, f- easy to do and also at functions during during the week not just on church after church yes. and and probably to sponsor some sort of a function during the week maybe to get the Oxfam people along or somebody else like that to come just, along just once a year or something with, like that. once a year to have yeah. a, a fair trade display of some description and uh, I like people to, to have a recommitment service every year, a bit like the old covenant service at the Methodist Church we now have in the United Church, where the congregation can say can reaffirm their commitment to fair trade. Uh, World Fair Trade Day is on the, um, I think it's the 13th of May okay. next year. So uh, around then can be a good time. But people can contact me or they can go to the Fair Trade Association website, which is www.fta.org.au. And uh, they can find information about fair trade faith groups there. They can also find the fair trade shopping guide online, which uh, in, lists a whole lot of fair trade products and suppliers, yeah. and also a little bit of information about what fair trade is. You, you mentioned at the beginning, as we started chatting, that you've personally been interested in in this topic for I think you said forty years. Um, you know where we are now, and as you look forward. Do you have hope for us as a as a society in our communities? Are we more aware now than we were 40 years ago? Are we acting differently now? I think we are acting differently. I think people are making making thoughtful decisions about the way they shop things. I'm a bit of a lurker in supermarkets, and sometimes I'll wander up and down the aisles, and <laughs> uh, and, and I see somebody looking at the coffee and trying to pick it, and I, say, I ask them, I say, do you know about fair trade products? And oh, they'll really? say no. And I say, yes, these ones with it. That means that they're produced in such a way that the people have got a fair wage, good conditions, environmentally sustainable, and a few other things as well. And they say, really? It's a sort of thing which it's it's not hard. I'm hopeful that churches will become more convinced about it. Sadly, some churches seem to know about it but just ignore it. And I can't quite understand that because um, the United Church particularly, I think, has a reputation for for a church that cares for the poor, whether they're the poor people in our own country or they're people overseas. And I think that uh, we have a heart for justice. We're naturally concerned about people as individuals and their and their eternal salvation. But I think we 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 combine that with a genuine passion for justice for people. And I think this is a great way of expressing that justice. And it's a cost effective way. You're not asked, to, as I said before, you're not asked to. Give more money or... Pay a fair price for a fair product. Fair price Mm. for the products that you buy. And the fair trademark is uh, one thing to look out for, but obviously there's a a whole lot of other companies who produce things as social enterprises or uh, in an ethical way. So I guess if you can't do fair trade, then look out for companies who would who are working as social enterprises like Thank You, who make water and nappies and all, all things in between. Yes, that's right. And and I think that even on, on cotton products, you'll find the fair trade mark will be a little label that's tied, sewn into the seam somewhere. You'll find the fair trade mark. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can't put the fair trade mark on everything, of course. No. But... Uh, I haven't seen one on my phone yet, but no. maybe, maybe. That's I think that is story in the for works. another day. Uh, John, I think um, I think we've probably kept you enough. Thank you so much for joining us here on the couch today, uh, and for helping us to think a little bit about what it means to to live our lives ethically, uh, both individually and. 
kind of cooperatively in, in congregations and organisations. So thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Scott. Thank uh, you. We'll look Thank forward you, to spending our Christmas mm-hmm. money a little more wisely. Thank uh, you. Than perhaps we might. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Church Unchained. We want to invite you to join the conversation with us. Why not join us on Twitter at UCAQLD or use the hashtag Church Unchained. How else can people join in, Marty? You can also jump onto the UnitingChurch.Queensland Facebook page and join the conversations there. And again, if you have any dangerous or innovative ideas that you want to share with us, email us at communications at UCAQLD.com.au. And join us next time at Church Unchained.